You're listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thank you as always for joining us this week. Uh, it's been a tough week for America and the rule of law with the mass political arrests of Biden opponents in Georgia. I'll give you the latest on that. Obviously, President Trump himself uh, was abused with a, with a political arrest this week. I'll talk about that. Uh, plus, uh, there are new documents about the chef, who uh, the Obama chef, the employee of the Obama family, who uh, died up at his home, his luxury home up in Massachusetts. And uh, we've got the documents about what happened there that just raises additional questions, uh, raise additional questions. And on top of that, Judicial Watch has two new lawsuits against three federal agencies um, of the Biden administration who are targeting you, dear viewer and listener, for censorship. So I'll talk about that as well. Uh, but first up is the current crisis, which is the coordinated conspiratorial attack on our republic uh, by the Democratic Party, Biden operatives, uh, Biden appointees, allied prosecutors in the New York and in Fulton County, Georgia, Georgia excuse me. And uh, the latest is, as I talked about uh, earlier this week, the uh, effort to jail almost 20 people in Georgia for exercising their rights under the law uh, to dispute and challenge an election. And this was my kind of a preview of my response to the horrible week uh, earlier this week. I'm wearing my Ford baseball cap, so here we are. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here. We are in a rule of law crisis with these mass political arrests down there in Georgia. Indeed, President Trump is set to be arrested as well. Uh, all of these people, these 19 people, their crime was opposing Biden under state, uh, federal, and constitutional law and daring to dispute an election. Uh, there's never been anything like this in American history. And officials in Georgia, the federal courts, state courts can't act soon enough to shut this down. On top of that, we've got this crisis up here in Washington, D.C. with an out-of-control Justice Department abusing Trump while protecting Biden. Uh, and it's also going on in New York City with the Soros-backed prosecutor uh, trying to jail Trump again on political charges. Uh, Congress can't act soon enough to shut this down, but you can be sure that Judicial Watch is taking this seriously and we've got multiple investigations under FOIA, lawsuits underway to uncover the truth about this terrible corruption. I like what that guy's saying. I agree with him. Uh, it, it is a crisis. Uh, Willis, again, a Democratic Party politician, elected as district attorney of Fulton County, a largely Republican state, uh, controlled generally by Republicans at the state level, has abused her pow powers as a, a prosecutor, to try to jail President Trump and others uh, for uh, doing something they're allowed to do and I think we should encourage Americans to do, which is to exercise their freedoms under law uh, to challenge elections if they think the facts and circumstances warrant it. And to suggest that to do so is a crime, uh, is a, a direct attack on the First Amendment. And we know it's a direct attack on the First Amendment for political purposes because of the political nature of these charges. Uh, the targeting of Republicans who challenged an election, while in the state of Georgia specifically, you had 
the entire left-wing establishment, not only in Georgia, but actually nationally, challenge elections previously, specifically the Georgia elections of gov for governor, where Stacey Abrams has um, uh, infamously uh, refused to acknowledge that she lost uh, that campaign at least two elections ago. And she has a right to do that. I mean, people can mock her for doing that and disagree with her for doing it. But the idea that she would go to jail for holding a different opinion and acting on that opinion is absurd and an abuse. And on top of that, you have the circus of mass arrests of Biden opponents resulting from this prosecution uh, that is about politics and not about the law, uh, forcing these individuals to come down, turn themselves in, put their safety in jeopardy. I don't think the Secret Service should have allowed President Trump to be uh, put in were processed at the Fulton County Jail or wherever he was processed, given how dangerous that situation is down there, but they did. And uh, certainly they didn't need to take his mugshot or require him to post bond or frankly anyone else to post bond. And you know, here are his mugshot. You can see he's obviously not happy uh, uh, to be um, victimized like this. And uh, some, of other, um, some other folks who are being maligned through this process uh, America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani, uh, who is, uh, they want to send to jail for providing legal advice. Next up is Mark Meadows, the chief of staff to the president, who they want to send in jail for helping the president do his job as president. Sidney Powell, another lawyer who was challenging elections, not only on Trump's behalf, but others throughout the nation. Perfectly legitimate legal cases she was bringing. John Eastman, one of the country's leading constitutional advocates and lawyers. Uh, he's being jailed and targeted by not only here in Georgia but elsewhere for uh, simply being a lawyer. And then Jenna Ellis, who also was a lawyer for President Trump during the election, uh, again, who's being jailed and targeted for being a lawyer. All of these individuals were arrested in an attack on the American way that we've never really seen before. I mean, it's one thing to have an arrest here or there or to have Trump dragged in and arraigned three, four times as it now has happened, uh, but to have now nearly two dozen people jailed for the crime of opposing Biden's election or disputing election is, uh, it's just beyond comprehension in terms of how dangerous it is to the functioning of our government and our system of uh, law under um, our constitution. And if a local district attorney uh, can change, uh, charge individuals engaged in national-wide debates about policy and the outcomes of elections. Uh, you know, all bets are off. Any one of you can be jailed if you say the wrong thing and some prosecutor somewhere decides that you said it and you, sh and you should have known it was a lie. I was, I was uh, commenting in the office. I said, well, you know, someone goes and says, you know, uh, you should cut taxes because taxes are too high and some left-wing lunatic prosecutor says, oh no, taxes are too low and you should have known that. You were lying and you were trying to obstruct government or do whatever and we're going to prosecute you. It, it's, it, it challenges your core, and I say God-given right, uh, to, uh, uh, to petition your government under the First Amendment and obviously uh, your free speech rights. Now, uh, Judicial Watch isn't going to be cowed and intimidated by this lawlessness down in Georgia. What we should do, 
as, uh, as citizens is use the tools entrusted to us under law and under the Constitution to uh, expose and stop this abuse of power. And I've gone over some of those um, possibilities and how that could be done before, and I'll, I'll repeat it uh, shortly. Uh, but uh, y you know what Judicial Watch does mostly, uh, or, or we're well known for, is filing open records law requests, requests under open records laws at the state and federal level. Obviously, the federal law is called FOIA. I don't know what it's called in Georgia. Anyway, Georgia has an open record statute as well. So we filed as soon, let's put it this way, Willis, when she announced the uh, indictment of Trump, she was asked directly if she had been coordinating or colluding with the, uh, the Biden Justice Department and Jack Smith of the Biden Justice Department appointee who is acting as a cutout for the political operatives in the Justice Department trying to jail Trump to help Biden uh, win uh, win election again. And uh, she declined to say one way or another whether she was. And and obviously when that happens, Judicial Watch's ears prick up, saying, well, what's, what is she hiding? Why, why doesn't she want to say it? So we asked for records about any collusion and cooperation and conspiracy with the Biden Justice Department uh, about this unprecedented and malicious case being brought against President Trump. And as of today, uh, they haven't given us any records. And I tell you, if they don't give us any records, uh, we will pursue relief in court, or at least that's what the plan is. Uh, so we're not going to back away. We're not going to back down. And uh, this was my reaction last night uh, to, to, the, um, to the outrageous circus and uh, terrible time, a terrible time for America uh, that we went through yesterday with the arrest of Trump. Well, uh, it's a terrible day for America. President Trump has been arrested for the fourth time. Uh, this time by a Democratic prosecutor who was out of control in trying to jail him for doing literally nothing wrong, which is uh, disputing an election, which is his God-given right as a president, a citizen, and a candidate. And Judicial Watch is not going to stand idly by at this unprecedented attack on our elections and our republic. Uh, we have pending requests with the Fulton County, Georgia prosecutors for documents on what looks to be their collusion and conspiracy with the Biden administration up here in Washington, D.C. And I tell you, if we don't get the documents, we plan to go to court to try to get them. Uh, so uh, pray for America, pray for Donald Trump, but, but you can be sure that Judicial Watch will seek to uphold the rule of law against this latest attack. Yeah, I th and I think that's something everyone needs to do, not just Judicial Watch, don't you agree? And um, on top of everything else, we have uh, this political abuse of Trump, uh, which is obvious election interference. I think uh, the election's officially been rigged and compromised as a result of this, uh, these leftists putting their thumb on the scales against President Trump. And uh, obviously, it's also designed, because uh, it's two sides of the same coin. You, you, you attack the opponent while protecting the incumbent, in this case, Biden. And uh, you have this significant evidence of criminality uh, by Joe Biden. And I was on uh, Fox Business with uh, Charles Payne the other day, and we were talking about RICO, right? And there's this 
the absurdity of a RICO charge against Trump for what, conspires, conspiring to uh, uphold his rights under law, under the Constitution, and, and the various amendments to the Constitution and federal and state law. I mean, to kind of say that's a RICO charge or that's a racketeering operation uh, is to highlight its absurdity. But what is a racketeering operation? It's, for instance, a president or a vice president or a senator uh, using his son, his brother, his grandchildren, other family members to launder money into the family enterprise, right, which is to line their pockets with uh, uh, the cash from foreign governments, foreign fronts, such as in China and Russia, in exchange for favors, uh, and also in, in addition to taking these bribes, extorting money, as has been alleged by the Burisma CEO in an FBI document, um, uh, the extortion, of course, run by Joe and Hunter Biden. That's RICO, right? It's RICO Joe. It's not RICO Trump. It's RICO Joe. So the use of racketeering against Trump on such specious, obviously absurd uh, grounds uh, further highlights the fact that the Justice Department has uh, purposely and, and dastardly over the last five years uh, protected Biden from charges that arguably should have been brought um, under the Rick, federal RICO and racketeering laws. And so uh, what next? Well, I can tell you immediately what's going to happen next. I guess there are two big hearings next week. Uh, in Georgia, the case is, uh, or the question is whether the case will be uh, removed to federal court. Now, the theory of law here is, and I'm not a lawyer, so forgive me if I uh, give you a, a, um, a, a layman's understanding of it. Uh, so, you know, you can always look it up yourself or, or get some other opinions on it. But, you know, generally speaking, uh, federal officials, if they're charged in criminal or civil cases for over activities they did as a federal official, I mean, A, they potentially have immunity, but secondly, the issue has to be resolved at the federal courts. So Mark Meadows has asked, and I think another defendant um, has asked that the case be removed to federal court uh, because obviously he's a federal official. He was, chair, he was the president's chief of staff, another federal official, uh, and the Justice Department has also been charged, Jeff Clark, uh, for doing his job as a Justice Department attorney uh, by asking questions about voter fraud and, of course, President Trump himself. And so if that case is removed, it means that it won't before, be before the state court judge there, and there'll be issues about whether the case is thrown out against the federal officials, and that will be resolved at the federal level. And if they aren't, then the trial will proceed in federal court which might be a more favorable forum than Fulton County, Georgia, uh, which is 95% um, Democrat. I don't know literally if it's 95% Democrat, but the concern generally is that these left-wing prosecutors, these Democratic prosecutors in Washington, D.C., in New York, in Fulton County are bringing these specious cases against Trump uh, with the idea that the jury isn't going to care because they all are, it's going to be filled, their juries are going to be filled with Trump haters. And so the rule of law won't matter. It will be just vengeance and vindictiveness. And we kind of see that vindictiveness with requiring Trump to get a photo. I mean, I think one of the reasons he was so un 
happy uh, in that photo. Uh, and I know, I know Trump supporters and, you know, I'm sure the Trump campaign is going to try to make the best of this uh, photo, uh, this mug shot. Uh, but it's, it's evidence of a crime, right? The crime is a corrupt conspiracy against that man you see on the screen and people around him, um, a corrupt conspiracy based on politics to use the laws, to use the office of uh, uh, the Justice Department or district attorney's offices in New York and New Jersey to jail people not because they committed crimes, but because they are on the wrong side of the political aisle and because of their politics and policies. So as far as I'm concerned, those mugshots are evidence of crimes. But for the left, they're going to celebrate the mugshot, right? And partisans in campaigns are probably going to want to use this mugshot. Maybe even Republicans running against Trump will want to use this mugshot against him. So in the long run, you know, I know there are many who, who um, put on, uh, suggest uh, and analyze these indictments as helping Trump. And that may be true in the short term in the sense that it may solidify his bid to be the nominee in this primary fight. But on the other hand, I don't think you want to be indicted if you're running for office. You don't want to face, and I do think it's, it's a much more significant likelihood than many, of, many, of, many would like to admit that Trump goes to jail as soon as next year. I mean, they're setting him up to go to jail. And the only question is, are they going to figure out a way to do it in one of these four jurisdictions uh, to get him in prison? And, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be tough, tougher to run for president if you're in jail. Uh, so, I mean, this, this is, is such a wild interference in our, I think we have a right to pick our election without corrupt public f government officials trying to rig the game by indicting for no reason candidates. And in this case, Joe Biden's people are doing it or their Democratic Party allies. So those mugshots are evidence of the Democratic Party conspiracy run out of the Joe Biden administration in league with Democratic Party allies in New York and in uh, Georgia uh, to rig an election and deprive U.S. citizens of their civil rights under color of law. See, those are the kinds of charges that Trump are being, that, that, that Biden's throwing at Trump. It actually applies to the Biden administration and arguably these two district attorneys, Alvin Bragg in New York and Ms. Willis down in, in Georgia. So, uh, you know, uh, so what's coming up? So that argument about the federal removal question, there's going to be a hearing next week on it. I don't know if they may have witnesses. I guess the Willis's people want to bring in witnesses to the federal court. Uh, so we'll see what happens there, what the federal judge does. My guess is they'll remove the case. Um, whether, and the big question is, will, will the case be removed in its entirety? Meaning, will all the defendants, you know, basically have their case uh, moved upstairs to federal court? And I don't know. I think there's some discretion by the judge to do that. So it'll be interesting to see that. And the other big question, as we talked about last week, is when is the trial in D.C. going to proceed? Now, the trial in Miami over their sham documents case is set for when? It's, I think it's April of 2024. So anyway, first few months of the year next year. The government in D.C. 
uh, the, the Biden gang is seeking to try Trump on their sham charges related to disputing an election in January, I think January 2nd, with the jury selection to begin in December, and it's absurd. And the, uh, Trump's team is seeking a Jan uh, April, I think, 2026 start date. So Judge Chutkin is going to have her hearing next week as well, I think on Monday, the same day. So we'll see what she decides to do. You know, I suspect that Judge Chutkin is no fan of President Trump. Her conduct on the bench has suggested that. She's basically admitted it. And so um, I just hope um, she's able to uh, uh, judge this case fairly. It doesn't mean she won't be able to, but, you know, I'm a little bit skeptical, to put it mildly, and uh, gives him a fair shot to defend himself um, and, and not and resist and uh, the invitation of the Justice Department under Joe Biden to intervene in the election by holding a trial in the middle of a primary campaign. And before I move on to the next uh, topic, I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the presidential campaign debate that took place this week among Republicans. I guess Trump didn't participate, uh, and the, uh, many of the other Republican presidential candidates did participate on Fox News. And what was disappointing to me was I didn't see much in the way of an understanding of the current crisis by the Republicans on the stage. I mean, right now, they're trying to throw President Trump in jail on sham charges. Right now, they're censoring, and I'll talk about this later, virtually half the country, and then some, through the Biden administration, colluding with big tech to censor people who say the wrong things on whatever topic Biden doesn't want you talking about. You have the border invasion. You have this attack on the Supreme Court, kind of a constant... Uh, what I would suggest is a communist totalitarian movement that's seeking to blow up our Republican form of government. And, you know, some of the candidates seem to talk about it or get it more so than others, but I don't see anyone who's willing to say, you know what, we can't wait for, you know, if you're a candidate for president, for me to be elected president. We have to do something now, and this is what we need to do. And so what I want from these candidates whether they be Republican or Democrat, because my expectation is everyone should have followed the rule of law and try to protect the republic from those who would destroy it. What we need now is leadership to stop now this abuse of Trump and other innocent Americans, to stop now this censorship of you, dear citizen, to stop now the insane uh, border invasion, five million plus, to control now the Justice Department, which has been completely politicized. As you just see there suing Elon Musk because his SpaceX won't hire people who he's being told he's not allowed to hire because they're foreign nationals who aren't permanent residents. Crazed political lawsuit against Elon Musk. So it's not just Trump, it's others who are being victimized by this Justice Department. And we can't wait for two years of the mass jailing of citizens, the mass censorships of citizen, the citizens, the mass destruction of our border by how, no, how many millions more and other abuses of power, we need to do something about it now. Of course, Congress can defund it now. They can impeach now. As I said last week, they can decide to turn off the spigot for government funding until Biden resigns, until there's a special counsel appointed who has serious um, commitments to actually doing a real investigation or prosecution of the, of the Hunter Biden crime family.
on a real investigation of the corruption at the Justice Department. Stopping the censorship, stopping the invasion, you name it. So anyone who tells you nothing can be done, they're blowing smoke up, uh, they're blowing smoke in your ear. I'm glad I fixed that comment, right? I was going to say they were blowing smoke somewhere else, but you know what I mean. So if you're concerned about this, call your member of Congress at 202-225-3121, 202-225-3121. Same goes for Georgia. It's nominally controlled by Republicans. Is Governor Kemp just going to sit by as citizens of the United States of America and Georgia citizens are abused by this rogue prosecutor? Is the state legislature going to sit by? They can do something almost immediately to fix this. So if, you're, if you live in Georgia, call your representatives. Call the governor's office. Ask them what they're doing. And if, not, if they're not doing anything, ask them why. Either way, share your views. And, of course, Judicial Watch, as I said, will continue with our investigations and litigation on the abuse of Trump, the targeting of, of, of innocent Americans through censorship, and, of course, the Biden corruption that is uh, so, so out of control and so compromising uh, this national security and the rule of law here in the United States. So... These are tough times, and as I said in the, in the statement earlier, you know, you should support Judicial Watch because I like to think we're doing things that no one else is doing and a lot of folks are unwilling to do uh, because they're afraid. We're not afraid. Uh, but, our, but our country's under attack, and, and this is a conspiracy, and, and I don't use this word lightly, it's an evil conspiracy. So when something is of such a nature, uh, we need more than just our help. We need divine help. So pray for America. Pray for the victims of this abuse, like Donald Trump and these other innocents that we've talked about earlier. And there are citizens, you know, the names you don't know, the, the, the Georgia equivalent of the little lady from Pasadena, the Michigan equivalent of the little old lady from Pasadena, just regular citizens who were doing what they thought were their patriotic duties and responsibilities as a citizen in disputing an election who are facing ruin through prosecutions and lawsuits initiated by the left. So pray for them, and obviously pray for your enemies. And hopefully the grace of God will hopefully touch their hearts and stop them from continuing this abuse. Uh, so we have to do everything we can do as citizens, and, um, and dare I say, given the spiritual nature of this, uh, of this abuse, uh, you know, we, we should seek the Lord's um, help here uh, because uh, we're going to need it. Lord knows we're going to need it. So we had an interesting case. Um, well, I shouldn't say it's an interesting case. It, was, it became an interesting case because of the government's refusal to, to provide basic information about it. Now, you may have recalled about a month ago, uh, the, the, the chef for the Obama family um, died by drowning, according to the official conclusion, um, and uh, out uh, on the property of Obama, or the lake or pond in front of his home, near his home, up in um, his mansion up in Massachusetts. And so there were questions about whether they were home or not, and, you know, there, and, you know there's always confusion in the beginning. But we thought, well, how is it you 
clear up mysteries? How is it you answer questions? So when the staff member of a president dies in odd, seemingly odd circumstances while paddleboarding um, uh, with evidently someone else, you know, people want to know what went on. You know, and, and if they're kind of given the runaround, that's when people get suspicious. So Judicial Watch uh, specializes in answering questions and trying to solve government mysteries. So we began asking questions of the various agencies involved, including the Massachusetts State Police and the local police in, um, what's it, it's Edgartown up in Massachusetts. And so we had sued, we didn't sue, we just had been pushing for answers. And uh, we pushed and pushed and pushed, and thanks to Judicial Watch, I know media have been requesting us, but we, Judicial Watch was actually, um, uh, got the Secretary of State's office to intervene to get us the records we ultimately got. Because what had happened was you had the Massachusetts State Police conduct an investigation, but they came in after the call, right? So the local police and, and uh, rescue personnel respond at the scene, so there's reporting about what they were doing and who called who and to get it going. And then once the body was found, the Massachusetts State Police came in and conducted an investigation. So there's two agencies that were involved in the investigation. We asked both for records, and uh, the Eckertown uh, Police Department essentially said, well, the Massachusetts State Police say their investigation's ongoing, so we're not going to give you any records. Well, that's not, that's not a that's not a reason not to give us records. So long story short is we pushed, the Secretary of State agreed with us, and uh, we finally were able to get 18 pages of records um, thanks to our intrepid investigators uh, who, this is why it's good to be with Judicial Watch when you're asking for records. I know anyone can do them, uh, but we know where the roadblocks are and how to overcome them. Uh, sometimes you have overcome them simply by filing a lawsuit, which um, Judicial Watch is well positioned to do. Uh, but sometimes you can overcome them by knowing how to use the administrative uh, relief that's available, meaning that, you know, Agency X doesn't give you a document. Well, who can you else can you ask to get Agency X to give you the document short of suing? And those are called administrative appeals. So uh, we did get these records. Uh, and... The records raise additional questions, none of which needed to be there or should still be there, but I guess people just can't help themselves. And I guess I'm, and, and you'll see that I'm probably being charitable here. Uh, we received 18 pages of records through the Massachusetts Public Records Law, law from Edgerton, Massachusetts, um, that show the Secret Service reported Obama's personal chef Tafari Campbell missing and that the body was found using sonar. The records also report that clothing was found separate from the body and that he was not wearing a life vest. Several other very important details were redacted um, uh, uh, regarding the uh, drowning which occurred back in late July of uh, this year. And this is the report. It, it, uh, the documents here include I don't know if you can see it on screen. So it says here, CAD incident report. I guess in a further iteration of the video, we'll show you what the document looks like up close. Anyway, it gives you who called and what happened initially. And you'll see um, 
I have an easier time looking at it on my release than in the document. It's kind of hard, hard to figure out what's what. Um, Secret Service agent, and the name is redacted at the, requ at the request of the Massachusetts State Police, which I don't believe is a lawful reason to redact the names, but that's another fight. Um, advised swimmers unable to locate the party at this time. Party lay at last seen wearing all black on a paddleboard. African-American male received a 911 call from the above noted reporting person who identified as a Secret Service member uh, reporting person is requesting at least an ambulance response, ensure the exact service is needed. And then they talk about getting a, a rescue um, uh, a rescue swimmer in a Zodiac boat right now. But it's unclear who was deploying the rescue swimmer. I, I suspect it was Edgartown. They were advised no life vest was worn. They had recovered the paddleboard and clothing. Still no contact with the missing party. They still have a boat and rescue swimmers in the area. So uh, who the they is, it's not clear. No, it, might, no, it looked like it was local rescue swimmers. The police, because there's another document that further confirms it's them. The police and fire departments make their base of operations at Wilson's Landing, which is a popular boat launch in the area. And then the search and dive teams from three jurisdictions join the case. And, um, I mean, they really looked hard for the, for the poor man. Um, on or about 11 p.m., the dive and land search was suspended. They had uh, air wings conducting searches, and they had to return to base after... The fuel supply got low, and then um, the next day, the dive team continued, and Mr. Campbell was located using sonar. Uh, obviously, he was deceased, and the investigation, according to this Edgar document, Edgartown document will now be handled by the Massachusetts State Police and the Cape and Islands District Attorney's Office. No further action. Now, as I noted, and I think I described some of these issues yesterday in a video, so let's run the video. It's a good little summary. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here. We got breaking news. We have new documents about the death of that Obama chef, Mr. Campbell, about a month ago. The local police department finally gave us documents about its investigation. It shows the Secret Service was involved. They called 911 uh, once a witness came forward and said this poor man was missing. Of course, they withheld the name of the witness, so we don't know who she is and plus the Secret Service agent's uh, name is also hidden. I don't know what other secrets are out there. Uh, the documents show the clothes were found separate from the body and they found the body using sonar. I don't understand why we weren't told initially the Secret Service was involved. It raises additional questions, questions we're gonna demand answers about. So let me come up to you and show you what the document looks like here. I'll get closer to the camera. My colleague will zoom in on it a little bit. Can you see it? Is there enough light? <laughs> Just a little zoom right on here. Reporting person. No life vest was worn. They have recovered the paddle board and clothing. Still no contact with missing party. 
they still have a boat and rescue swimmers in the area. So those are the sorts of documents we show. Let me show you the other big longer report written. Okay. See, on or about 11 p.m., the dive and land search was suspended, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The next morning, they continued, and a deceased Mr. Campbell was located using sonar. So, you know, the reason I, um, the reason I show these documents, because, you know, some lunatics online always get upset when um, we talk about these documents. So where are the documents? Well, here are the documents. I'm holding them and looking at them. And, of course, they're always available. But here, my colleague suggested I just show you up front. So what's, what's important about this? Well, A, you know, there's public interest. I mean, obviously, it's a tragedy for the family that this, this young man died. He's 44. He's younger than me, so he's a young man. And um, who was he with when he died? We don't know yet. The Massachusetts State Police haven't responded to our request yet. I don't know if we're going to sue on that. And, you know, now we're learning for the first time, thanks to Judicial Watch, that the Secret Service was involved in at least the initial response to this missing person. Well, why didn't we find that out a month ago? Why, why on earth couldn't we have been told, look, Obama's chef died. We're keeping the name of the witness private for obvious reasons. Uh, we may release it at a future time once we figure out what went on. Uh, the Secret Service was told the person was evidently the witness who he was battleboarding with, according to separate reports. I think the Daily Mail reports that it was a, a, a female uh, team member of the Obama family, another employee, but we'd, I don't know that for sure. So anyway, just give the information you have. Say the Secret Service called 911 because that's what they did. You know, they were trying to help this guy find him. The police were desperate to find him. We said we had these games. We found out a month later the Secret Service is involved. And it raises the question that there, the situation was something they didn't want fully disclosed because there was something scandalous or unpleasant about it that would make Barack Obama look bad generally or someone else look bad. I mean, that's the conclusion I draw. I mean, I've been doing this work for 25 years at Judicial Watch. I know... <laughs> People sometimes say the cover, and I know the line is, the, I was laughing with one of my colleagues the other day, and, you know, he made the point the cover-up's worse than the crime. And, I'm, and I was laughing. I said, well, usually it's not really true. Usually there's a reason for the cover-up, because something bad happened. You don't typically cover up innocent activity or activity that uh, you don't have an, inis an issue with. And so why was there a cover-up here? Why wasn't this disclosure made initially? And, of course, you know, the Secret Service has a reputation of engaging in cover-ups to protect their protectees who obviously are politically powerful, and in this case, Barack Obama. We know this previously with Joe Biden, and I want to tie it back to the Hunter Gunn incident. I want to tie it back to the fact that Secret Service leadership, with no public uh, disclosure or complaint, let Joe Biden's dog bite 10 of their agents and personnel in a vicious, dangerous way. And it turns out the Secret Service probably knows what happened, right? 
They know who the witness is, who was with this, this man uh, when he drowned, and they don't want that to come out. So it's, it's by definition a cover-up. And I feel badly for the family of this man, but it's the Obama gang uh, that just can't be level with the American people. And Judicial Watch has got to, you know, work this poor chief up in uh, whoever the chief is up in Edgartown, um, you know, who's just trying to, you know, trying to defer to the Massachusetts State Police. He's like, well, I don't want to give you the documents. The case is still ongoing and we have to push and push and push. And his people were on the ground trying to rescue this guy, you know. It's frustrating to have to kind of fight these issues. It really is. But I know there's a public interest in it, and this is another example of uh, why is Judicial Watch the only ones asking for it? Now, the Daily Mail was asking for it, and I understand another media company was asking for it. And the Daily Mail also got these documents as well. But again, it was Judicial Watch that I think really pressured the release in a significant way because we had the Secretary of State of Massachusetts uh, essentially uh, force the police department to turn the records over to us. So there's more to come. I mean, we'll see what records the Secret Service had and or have and what records the Massachusetts State Police have and other relevant authorities here. But right now, we've exposed some secrets that they didn't want you to know about, about the uh, death of Obama's chef. And now we know there are other secrets that they don't want you to know about. And we are prepared to pursue them. Next up, it's just crisis after crisis in terms of the rule of law here. We have uh, new lawsuits over the censorship of Americans, which I think is the, other than really jailing Trump and other innocents over their First Amendment protected speech, kind of the broadest attack on the First Amendment in the history of America, which is the embrace of the Biden administration of the idea that they can get Big, big tech companies to censor Americans, and there's nothing wrong with that. And we know during the last administration under Trump, these agencies thought they could get America, censored, Americans to get censored, and they were just secretly doing it to help Joe Biden win elections with the censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop. And of course, uh, the uh, HHS and NIH and companies and agencies like that were also getting uh, big tech to censor us on COVID issues. And judicial, and of course, but the, the difference is I think Trump would have shut it all down. I don't know what, you know, I don't think he, did he know about it? I don't think he knew about the censorship. He certainly wouldn't have approved it of Hunter Biden's laptop story being pushed by the FBI and the CIA, as we talked about earlier. But the Biden administration has openly embraced it, the president on down. And Judicial Watch filed two new Freedom of Information Act lawsuits against three federal agencies, powerful federal agencies, the Department of Justice and the um, uh, Department of Homeland Security and the Office of Director of National Intelligence, which is nominally uh, the lead office for our intelligence community. Uh, the first lawsuit uh, was against the uh, Justice Department and Department of Homeland Security, so there are two agencies at once, and we sued after the FBI um, failed to respond to a December, a November 2nd, 2022 request uh, for all records related to the use of Facebook's content request government reporting system 
by any official employee uh, or contract employee of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So essentially, they were using this system to censor you, dear citizen. The FBI, it's the allegation is, uh, was using this system to censor you. So Facebook had this special access. They granted the government to uh, give them material on which Americans to censor and over what. Same goes for the Department of Homeland Security's Cyber and Security Information Security, excuse me, Cyber Security and Information Security Agency which was their um, election censorship bureau and the National Security Division of the Justice Department. And they don't want to give us any records about what they were doing with Facebook. It's just incredibly brazen in terms of the lawlessness. There was an October 31st, 2022 report, 2022 report by The Intercept, which is a left-wing publication, by the way, which details how DHS involvement um, how DHS was involved in an expansive effort to influence tech platforms. There was a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook or Instagram and request that it be throttled or suppressed through a special Facebook portal that requires a government or law enforcement email to use. So we want to know what they were doing there, and they don't want to tell us. The second lawsuit is against the um, Department of Justice and the Office of Director of National Intelligence and the Department of Homeland Security for all records concerning any meeting um, between any government official or employee of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and any of the following Twitter employees between June 1st, 2020, and the present. Yoel Roth, who formerly was um, basically the chief censor at Twitter. Vijay Gade, who was the one of the lead lawyers in terms of censorship there. And Jim Baker, the former FBI top lawyer who became top lawyer over at Twitter. The reports include, but not as limited, but is uh, not limited to all related agenda, notes, summaries, reports, transcripts, and similar records. And um, you know, and and we basically want the same information from the Department of Homeland Security and the Office of Director of National Intelligence. Now, all three of those individuals, as I said, were prominent in internal discussions at Twitter about censoring the New York Post Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh, uh, journalist, journalist Matt Taibbi revealed on December 2nd, 2022, in the first release of the Twitter files. So it's been well established that the FBI and these other government agencies were regularly meeting with Twitter and trying to convince them to take stuff down, often successfully so, uh, which is a violation of the First Amendment and potentially other laws. So we want the details on it. And as I noted in our, loss, in, our, in our press release, the Biden administration's ongoing censorship schemes are a clear and present danger to the First Amendment. It is no surprise these Biden agencies would hide documents that could have further exposed their lawlessness. So they've never really stopped this conduct in my, based on what they've been saying because they're proud of it. In fact, there was a federal judge who highlighted this type of conduct by the White House and the other agencies and tried to enjoin it. And the Biden administration said, no, you can't stop us from doing it. 
And even though there were findings that they violated the First Amendment, unfortunately, the appellate court said, no, you can't enjoin them from doing it. So what does that mean? They're doing it now. And of course, a lot of this looks back on the effort to rig the 2020 election through censorship by these deep state agencies working secretly, hand in glove, with these big tech companies to to keep information that would harm Joe Biden or Democratic Party partisan interests away from the American people by censoring people on social media like me. Like you, dare I say it. I'm sure you've been censored. You know, how do I know you've been censored? Because if you follow me or Judicial Watch or anyone else who's been censored and you would have been interested in this type of information that was being censored, you're being censored too. If people are withholding information from you by censoring people you follow, the leading Donald Trump, for instance, of course you're being censored. You're just as much of a victim as the person whose post is taken down. And Judicial Watch has got multiple lawsuits and investigations on this issue. Or just a few months ago, we sued DHS for all their records as part of this, you know, election censorship operation called the Election Integrity Partnership. The Cybersecurity and Information Security Agency was the chief censor within the Department of Homeland Security censoring you. We have lawsuits on that. Lawsuits on the FBI work with social media to suppress Hunter Biden's laptop specifically. And of course, we sued the Secretary of State California. That's on appeal now, or shortly will be, because they went and asked YouTube to take down a video of Judicial Watch about election issues just before the election. And they did it. And we're still getting censored. And there are different ways of censoring you. You can have your material suppressed, vandalized. YouTube's still doing it to Judicial Watch. Just last week, I think we had two videos that YouTube labeled. I talked about the January 6th issue because we had sued for the videos, right? And they labeled like for the truth about this. I, I forget the exact language they used. Maybe we can dig it up. We'll go to YouTube, guys. Maybe we can pull it up and show people how they're mislabeling our material. And they tell people to go look at Wikipedia about January 6th. And they also said, go, go look at Wikipedia about the January, about the election disputes of 2020. Wikipedia is a left-wing group. Well, I shouldn't say it's always left-wing, but on matters of public controversy, it's controlled by the left. And by vandalizing our videos, in addition to taking them down outright, with warnings or oh, for more information because you can't trust Judicial Watch, go here. That's suppression and censorship too. And they do take down our videos. They took down a video, a video of Judicial Watch, I think just last year on, on these election controversies. Judicial Watch is the nation's, I would submit, the nation's leading expert on election integrity disputes. And they're censoring us because we, they don't like our expertise and what we say. And I know I've been targeted directly and personally. I was deleted off of Twitter for months. And uh, 
And obviously the videos usually on YouTube involve, you know, I'm talking about the work. TikTok has banned me completely. I know some of you don't think I should be on TikTok, but, you know, the point is it was another vehicle where millions and billions of people are on, and I was posting Judicial Watch-related content. And they just banned me. Nope, they gave me, didn't give me a specific reason. So the censorship continues. The Biden administration embraces it. So we're suing for details about it, not only about how it affected the 2020 election, but how it's affecting right now the 2024 election or debates about COVID censorship now or any other debate. If you think they're going to stop with COVID, you know, they're, they're for instance, they, the left wants people to be censored if they dissent from um, the uh, propaganda related to the climate scam. If you don't buy into the climate scam, they want you to be censored. So just don't think it's over because COVID is, for now, retweeted. Excuse me, not retweeted. Retweeted. (laughs) Retreated. Of course, now it's coming back. I don't know if it's literally coming back, but certainly uh, the left wants to start pushing COVID restrictions again. So maybe the censorship will be coming back along with that. So I just love, you know, I know I say this uh, because I'm president of Judicial Watch in part, but I say this because I truly mean it as a citizen. I just love Judicial Watch. I mean, we've got all this litigation on all these important issues. No one else is doing it. We're helping save the country. We're helping save the Constitution. We're helping protect innocent Americans. We help whistleblowers. We educate you, the American people about what the government's up to, tell, tell them, telling you their dirty secrets and lies about corruption. And no one else is doing it the way we're doing it. Judicial Watch is America's largest and most effective watchdog organization. You know, I got a call last week from a reporter, <sighs> from, a, from a reporter for the Washington Post. And, um, and she said to me, she said, well, you know, uh, People around Trump are saying that, you know, he still res- wants uh, to hear from your, your perspective on the various issues they're facing. And I said, well, I'm not telling you what or if I say, what if anything I say to Donald Trump. I'm just not going to tell you. I said, but I will tell you that, you know, my experience with Trump is that he wants creative input. And I said, why is it controversial that uh, a president or a former president would want to talk to the head of America's largest government watchdog organization. I mean, would it be controversial if the president wanted to talk to, uh, any president wanted to talk to the head of the ACLU uh, about an issue of law and policy? And And I told the Post reporter, I said, every national political leader would do well to find out more about Judicial Watch's approach to government corruption. And that quote largely made it into the paper. And uh, so, you know, we're not going to, you know, the left hates Judicial Watch. uh, But we will continue to help you help government officials who who, want to do the right thing, defend those who are being abused by the government, and uh, try to protect this Constitution and... Uh, against what I think is a clear and present danger from the left. And we only can do that with your support. 
If you're not supporting Judicial Watch already, I encourage you to come and join our cause, come and join our movement. Donations are tax deductible to the full extent of the law. Go to judicialwatch.org, make a donation now, get the documents, get the press releases, share the information, share the wealth of our work and the materials we've been able to get uh, for you. Uh, plus, hopefully you'll share your wealth with us uh, so we're able to do more and better uh, to defend the American way. With that, I'll see you here next time on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. Thanks for listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org because no one is above the law.